On a late April evening in 1851, Miss Gray's Hotel in Athlone hosted an extraordinary gathering. For those in attendance, the wealthier strata of local society, it was to be an evening of education and perhaps enlightenment. They'd gathered to hear a man, a prophet of sorts, who would share with them the hitherto hidden secrets of the cosmos. This speaker, who travelled under the name Parallax, had arrived to proclaim the incredible truth to the people of Athlone. The earth was flat. I'm joined by historian Dr Ian Kennelly, who has recently studied this event. I shouldn't laugh, but uh, I did anyway. Um, Tell us a little bit about this mysterious visitor, this man who called himself Parallax. Yeah, well, Parallax, uh, to give him his earthly name, was born uh, Samuel Robotham. He was born in England, Stockport, around 1816. Now, details of his early life aren't entirely clear, but he emerges into the public consciousness around the 1830s when he's managing a, a commune, uh, a utopian socialist commune, in uh, the Cambridgeshire Fens, again in the east of England. Now, like most of those utopian escapades, it falls apart. So he's looking for something to do. He's still only in his 20s at this stage, so he takes on a persona, Dr. Burley, uh, Dr. Burley, PhD, and as part of Dr. Burley, PhD, did he earn the PhD or the awarded to himself? I think he may have awarded, <laughs> imagined it. Was he? Um, his specialism was the pursuit of immortality. He published, apparently, uncovered some of these secrets uh, quite quickly, and he published under another pseudonym, Tryon, uh, pamphlets advising people how to, if they couldn't achieve immortality, that they could at least expand their lifespan I, by... I like the pseudonym, Try, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Expand by thousands of years. So that was the kind of character he was. Now, that seems to have earned him a good deal of money, but maybe not enough to give him the kind of lifestyle he wanted. So some stage in the late 1840s, he cast around for new ideas, and he seems to have come upon this... New character, Parallax, and Parallax's goal was to explain to the people of Ireland, Britain, elsewhere, who would ever listen, that the world was not a globe, it was indeed flat. Straight out of Terry Pratchett. Uh, he arrives in Ireland to tell audience that the, uh, the, 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 the world is flat. Did he actually believe that, or is it just another con? It's, it's probably a con. Now, I can't say for certain. Now, there, he has, there's a his, uh, an English historian, Christine Garwood, looked at figures such as uh, Robot and Parallax and these guys who, and they were mostly men who pushed forward the idea of a flat earth. And uh, she reckons it was probably just another con, that he never really truly believed it. And it was something that he picked upon. And I think she's probably accurate in that. By his own telling, of course, it was different. He said that he came across this shattering, earth-shattering belief through experimentation and through a close reading of the Bible, and he combined those two uh, strands of research into this, uncovered this truth that he was determined to tell people. So he was on a mission. Um, now, he was, he was a creationist. He was, uh, you know, believed the Bible, Earth created in six days. It was around 6,000 years old mm. at, at this stage. But this is the 1850s. This is the early 1850s. This is pre-Darwin. But I, I would have thought even at that stage, there must have been uh, quite a lot of scientific evidence that the Earth was considerably more than 6,000 years old. Yeah, and like the, the fact that the Earth was a globe you know, back in... The Hellenistic period, uh, philosopher Aristosthenes had, you know, very conclu- very close to measuring the Earth's circumference. Uh, Aristotle, Pythagoras, many uh, philosophers and scientists had established that the Earth was a globe. It wasn't a controversial fact, but Parallax argued that they and the whole scientific establishment were caught in a kind of a trap 
and that they were blinded by their own uh, arrogance and they were all wrong and he was right and that was uh, part of his goal and his mission was to uncover the 2,000 plus years of fallacy and tell people the real truth and earn substantial profits while doing so. Why did he pick Athlone? I mean, I know he did operate in Dublin as well, but not as successfully as in Athlone. Why were the people of Athlone so open to the notion that the earth was flat? Uh, I suppose he may have chosen for the simple reason that uh, it's the Irish Midlands, it's flat. He might have felt that there was a... (laughs) the audience was likely to be uh, amenable to his argument because he's a, he had originally come up or claimed to come up with this idea in the Cambridgeshire Fens, which is a, a marshy, flat area. So I think that may have been why he chose that loan. Now, it's interesting when you follow him, I've looked at a lot, accounts of a lot of his lectures. He tended to do better in, in small cities and towns rather than metropolises as such. So he came to that loan. By this stage, this is early in his career. Just a quick note, he, this is 1851. He'd started giving these public lectures about 1849 and the first couple of lectures didn't go well. In one lecture, he was speaking and somebody in the audience was challenging his beliefs and he literally ran out the door halfway through the lecture. But by the time he got to Atlone, he was really polished, really suave. He was well able to uh, take any argument and counter it and that became a secret of his success. It wasn't so much in Atlone that people... Some people clearly took on board his message or at least liked liked the idea, but there are accounts to say that many local uh, mathematicians and scientists of various sorts challenged him. But the local newspapers took real glee in the fact that uh, Parallax was able to take these people on and at least battle them to a, a confusing draw if he couldn't actually defeat them. And he basically uses the first meeting and he parlays that into a series of other meetings yeah, in Athlone. That's it. The first one is so controversial, gets a huge audience that the press are all over it. He stays in the region. There's a huge clamour. Please, Parallax, give us more lectures. Two weeks later, elsewhere in the town, in the courthouse, he comes back, gives another couple of lectures and there's a huge furore again. And that leads to more. And that's the pattern he takes. What he does in that loan when he goes back to Britain, that's the pattern. He'll go around to town, to town, to town, stay there for a couple of weeks. The first lectures create a controversy. That creates a virtuous circle of more controversy. And it's more funds, more more appearances for, for Parallax. Must have been a, a, a very vibrant flat earth society in that loan after he left. Um, but I think we can, I mean, we can see the appeal of somebody like this particularly nowadays with the conspiracy theorists, Mm. with the challenging of so-called scientific elites, which is basically challenging uh, pretty much incontrovertible scientific evidence. Yeah, well, let's look at what he told people. When he arrived in Atlone, his goal, he told them the earth was a flat, but he would explain it as such that what we would consider the North Pole sits at the uh, centre of this flat disk. What we consider Antarctica is a huge wall of ice that sits around the edge of this circular plane. Uh, so that effectively is the Earth. The Earth effectively makes up the entire visible universe. Uh, the Sun is a few hundred kilometres, well, he would have said miles, obviously, a few hundred miles, maybe a thousand miles at most above the Earth. And the stars are a few hundred miles beyond that. Beneath this disk is uh, a fathomless deep sea of what I'm not sure, but you know, infinitely deep sea, and that and that was the entire universe. The Earth was God's special creation, and there was no other planets. He died in 1884. Did he have a legacy, or was his uh, were his theories completely? Did they just disappear completely? No, he had a long, a long tail, long legacy. 
during his career as as, as uh, Dr. Burley and as Parallax and Tryon, he developed a quite a few disciples and he was quite very wealthy by 1884, the 1870s. Now, one of those um, disciples, if you'd call him that, was a guy called John Hampton. Uh, he was very litigious as well and he sued a lot of scientists, Alfred uh, Russell Wallace and so on, who challenged uh, Parallax's ideas. And there was then a guy called Carpenter who travelled to the United States, Baltimore in 1879. He spread flat earth ideology to the United States. Uh, but probably the most influential and during this period was La- Lady uh, Elizabeth Blunt. And she uh, funded a journal, not very, you know, not very catchy title, but The Earth, Not a Globe Review. Uh, and apparently this had uh, subscribers in Ireland, in Britain, the United States, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, literally at the other side of the globe. Uh, and it spread that uh, way of thinking throughout the planet. Now, the society seems to have faded away in the early 20th century, but the books and the publications and the, the pamphlets that it produced remained in, out there in libraries and archives around the, around the world. And a guy, an English guy called Samuel Shenton found uh, Parallax's book, The Earth, Not a Globe, and he thought, wow, this is inspirational. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. And he uh, created the Flat Earth, or I think its proper title is the Flat Earth, International Flat Earth Research Society in the 1950s. And that gave a new impetus. You know, there's, there's, back then there was never more than thousands of people, but it kept the idea alive until modern times. And of course now, social media and so on, the prevalence of conspiracy theories, it's a kind of a gateway. If you go in through this gate, you know, you're into an alternate reality and who knows what you'll find. But for example... The Great Wall of Ice that surrounds the the Earth disk. Uh, one of the prevalent conspiracy theories at the moment is that NASA NASA's goal is not to uh, explore the cosmos or to develop space uh, faring technologies. It's actually to post guards around this wall of ice to prevent people from uh, finding out the truth of the Earth's <laughs> flatness. I have to say, I prefer the theory that the Earth is a disk which is uh, being uh, on the back of uh, four elephants yeah. who are in turn on the back of a, of a of a giant turtle. That's that's my kind of flat Earth theory. Ian, thanks very much indeed for no joining problem. us on the History Show this evening to talk about Samuel Robotham or Parallax and the history of flat Earth conspiracies. <laughs> That's all we've time for on this evening's programme. Details of all our items, as well as podcasts, are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. Our researcher is Ian Kennelly. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now, from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Logan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at RTE History Show.